Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. Well, today I want to start a new series of messages, so if you do want to pull out your notes for today's message, we're going to look at this through the month of, uh, the month of May, and we've entitled this, the series uh, Filters. And basically, the idea behind it is we're going to talk with you about learning to filter your life in three specific ways. First of all, what people think about you, you need to learn how to filter the, the opinions of other people about you. Secondly, you need to learn to filter your life choices. In other words, that you make good, wise, wise life choices. And number three, you, you've got to filter what you accept as truth, what you believe to be truth in your life. So these are the three areas in the, the three weeks of May that we have left here that we're going to be talking about these Sundays. Now, today I want to talk with you about filtering what people think about you. I was reading in devotions a couple of days ago, and I read across these words written or said about Jesus, uh, John chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. Because of the miracles he did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many people were convinced that he was indeed the Messiah, but Jesus didn't trust them for he knew mankind to the core. No one needed to tell him how changeable human nature is. And so that really impacts, I don't know if you've ever read that scripture before and if you've ever thought about it again, especially the last verse up there, no one needed to tell him how changeable human nature is. It may surprise you to learn that Jesus didn't fully trust people. He didn't fully trust people. He knew that the praise of Sunday was going to turn into a crucifixion by Friday. That's why he's, it says there in verse 25, nobody needed to tell him how changeable people can be, how changeable human nature can be. And that's not just for Jesus. People have been letting other people down for as long as people have been on the planet. I, I remember going through a, a really dark time in my, in my ministry a number of years ago, probably 30 years ago or so, and I, I just needed, because I was younger in the ministry, I just needed some faithfulness from a core, a, a, a solid core, a core group of people who said they were behind us, said that they supported us, and, and I just really needed to see that manifested, see that show up through their lives. And so I reached out to one particular trusted friend. I, fig I, I felt like he was a guy I could talk with, and he was a part of that core group of supporters. And I said to him, you know, what I need most from those who say that, that they support us right now is for them to, to pray for us, for them to be faithful to God, for them to be faithful to church, to actually show up and to be here. 
And I'll never forget his response to me. He said, you're asking too much. You're asking too much from people who are verbally supportive. And I can't remember, I can't tell you the truth that, I, that verse 25 popped through my head at that particular moment. I, I won't tell you that. But the truth is, human nature, if you've lived any length of time at all, you know human nature can be very unreliable. That's why you have got to learn to put a filter in your life. You've got to learn to filter what other people think about you and what other people say about you. Now, this little three-part series that we're going to be doing here in the month of May is really going to focus on the life of David, who was considered Israel's greatest king, and how he learned to filter his life in all of these areas that I've talked with you about, which made him, of course, the man we now consider to be Israel's greatest king. And every one of us will have to learn to do the same thing if you want to succeed in life because all of us are susceptible to the opinions of others. In fact, there might be some of you who are so trapped by the opinions of other people that you do everything within your power to make sure everybody likes you and to make sure that everybody has a high opinion of you and that people are praising you. You do everything you can to please everyone. Now, I will say I don't think it's good to go around looking for a fight, but neither is it good, it's not a good strategy to try to please everyone with your life because you never will. What is it that Abraham Lincoln said? You can fool all of the people some of the time and some of the people all of the time, but you can never fool all the people all of the time. And John uh, Lyd, uh, Lydgate changed that to apply to pleasing people. He says you can please people or all the people some of the time and some of the people all the time, but you cannot please all of the people all of the time. That is true. So what happens when you don't please all of the people all of the time? You get criticized and you get disappointed by some people who once said that they supported you. You could, you could count on them. They would be there. And all of a sudden, you can't. It happened to Jesus. It's going to happen to you. That's why you've got to learn to filter this area of your life. Now, King David had learned to do that within his own family. He had to learn to do that even within his own family, especially with his brothers. David wasn't the oldest of, amongst the brothers. In, in fact, you, if you know his story, you know he was the youngest, but he was the one, even as the youngest, that God chose to take the place of Saul, who was currently king of Israel, who had violated, though, the covenant, his covenant with God. And so Samuel the prophet anointed David to follow Saul as king. That didn't make Saul very happy. And it also didn't make David's family very happy either, especially his brothers. Once when young David was bringing some, some food, some homemade food up to the front, up to where the battle's taking place, to his brothers, they're fighting the Philistines at this time, 
And, and as he goes up to try to find his brothers, he hears this giant by the name of Goliath, and he's taunting God, and he's taunting the armies of Israel, the armies of God, and this infuriated the young heart of this man by the name of David, and he tried to rally the troops. Hey, come on, guys. God will give us the victory over this giant and over the Philistines. But the soldiers were having none of it. They were, they were cowering. They were holding back in fear. And when word of what David had said got back to his brothers, they were indignant towards David. Eliab, who was David's oldest brother, became angry. And he said in 1 Samuel 17, what are you doing here? Why aren't you minding your own business, tending that scrawny flock of sheep? I know what you're up to. You've come down here to see the sights, hoping for a ringside seat at a bloody battle. But David said to his brother in verse 29, what have I done? I was only asking a question. You see, instead of letting his older brother intimidate him at that moment, from finding out what the truth is, from finding out what's going on in this battle, from finding out how the armies of Israel were in fear, he, he stated his case to his brother and continued to ask other people around, what is going on that Israel's in fear and this giant's making these, these statements? It was his own family that was opposing him. Reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 36, your enemies will be right in your own household. And sometimes that is exactly the truth. Another guy, Joseph, back in the book of Genesis, he had the same thing happen to him. Joseph had the favor of God upon his life, and because of it, God gave him a couple of very significant dreams that were talking to him about his life and about his future, and it really impacted his his heart and he was letting Joseph know God was letting Joseph know what the future would be for him but his mistake was sharing those dreams with his family because they weren't as excited about his dreams as he was especially when he told them that those dreams meant that he would rule over them someday they weren't really cool on that I don't suppose you'd be real great with that either if your brother said that to you you know well, Genesis chapter 37, verse 8 tells us that his brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. But Joseph learned to put filters on his life that protected the dream of God and what the, that dream was building in his life from the from the opposition and the opinions of other people, even his own family. And everything God showed Joseph in those dreams came to pass. They happened. They came true. Same thing with David. His brothers reacted very negatively when he showed up on the battlefield until he went out and he took out Goliath. Then it wasn't such a big deal anymore. David had to learn before he took out Goliath to filter what others were saying to him, what others were saying about him. You're just a lad. You're just small. You're too little to take out a giant like that. Good grief, you can't even wear the king's armor. What are you doing? 
going out there against a giant. He had to trust what God said and the lessons that he learned as a young shepherd boy because David knew he could win against Goliath because he had already taken out, God had already given him victories over a lion and a bear. That's pretty impressive. And so when he stood before King Saul to tell him why he believed God uh, could use him to take out the giant, he told Saul, 1 Samuel 17, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it. I think I would have just chalked up my losses and said, oop, that's one for the lion. You know, I don't know. I delivered and delivered. He delivered the lamb or I delivered the lamb from the lion's mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Boom. I, I don't know how this happened. I struck and killed it. My word, that's an amazing statement. But David and Joseph built filters into their lives that kept them focused on what God was saying to them and what God was going to do through them instead of listening to what everybody else was saying, the opinion of others. And that's what we've got to do today. We must build filters into our lives that will keep the negative opinions, the negative words that others throw at us, and even what Satan may throw at you from sabotaging your life's mission because you have a mission from God. Now, there are three areas of life where you need filters, and I want to give those three to you real quickly this morning. Number one, you need to filter what others say. We've already talked about that a little bit. And the key word here that I want to focus on is the word influence. What are you going to allow to influence your life? Who are you going to allow to influence your life? Uh, Martin Luther once said, you cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. <laughs> I have heard that saying all of my life. I had no idea it was the great theologian Martin Luther who said that. I had to Google that. I wonder who said that. And I found out it was Martin Luther. If you don't know who Martin Luther was, he's the man behind something called... Uh, what, was, what is it called? <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Protestant Reformation, that's what it's called. Uh, that's the reason we're in this church right now is because of him, all right? It's because of uh, the, the revelation that God gave to him that it's not all about rules, it's about grace. He's the great grace king right there. He's the guy that got a hold of grace and brought the Protestant revolu revolution, or Reformation, whew, the Protestant Reformation into the church, and we are, we are enjoying that today. But he said you, can keep, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Now, what that means is you can't always control your environment. You can't always control what happens to you. But you can control how you react to it, and you can control how it will affect you. Those two things. Now, that's a fact that the Apostle Paul admitted when he wrote, um, when he wrote uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians about the immorality of the world, he said in chapter 5, this is interesting and it would be great to take time to talk about this. I don't have time to talk about it this morning, but you can read it on your own. In 1 Corinthians 5, he says that believers confessing Christians should not hang with other 
believers, confessing Christians, who are living known immoral lives. And they confess Christ, but they don't, they don't quit their immorality. And he says, you shouldn't hang with believers who are doing that. That's what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. But then he went on to say that he wasn't talking about the people of the world who are living like that. He says, I, I'm not saying scatter from the people of the world who are living immoral lives, because in that case, verse number 10, you would have to leave the world because there's so much of it out in the world. You can't stop what's going on around you. You can't stop the environment of the world. We can't stop what Hollywood is producing. I mean, we can have some minor effect here and there, but, but essentially we can't change everything that's happening in the world. The point is, you can't always keep yourself from the sin in the world or the sin that is in the world. You can't keep yourself even from temptation that wants to come and draw you to do the same thing. In fact, Jesus said in Luke 17, there will always be temptations to sin. You never get so spiritual that you aren't tempted anymore. So if you're thinking that one day I'll be so holy that nothing ever tempts me. You know the Word of God says that Jesus was tempted in every way, and I don't know anybody more spiritual than him. So we are going to deal with temptation all of our lives, but you don't have to give in to it. This is the filtering part. You don't have to let it influence you. You can filter the influence of the world out of your life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, but God is faithful and he'll not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. So when people say they can't help themselves, that's really not true. They've deceived themselves. Maybe after so much time of giving in to certain temptations, it may become more difficult to resist it, things like addictions and so forth, but it is never impossible. God's promise to us is there is always a way out. So there are all kinds of temptation in the world, and that temptation will come from uh, just life, movies, TV shows, um, books you read, magazines you read, friends. That's why you got to choose your friends carefully. You got to choose what you choose, what you allow as entertainment in your life. You got to choose that carefully. All of this stuff is is out there, and it produces temptation. But ultimately, you have to decide what you're going to allow to influence you. You decide what you will set as your standard. And so. I'm watching a TV show, and I have no idea this is going to come in there, but all of a sudden something very suggestive comes in on that television show. I have a choice to make right then. Am I going to be drawn to that? That's the temptation, because in the flesh I will be drawn to it. But I have a choice. Am I going to allow myself to be drawn to that, or am I going to say I do not accept that philosophy of life and in so doing set the stage for victory for me when you allow the Word of God to be the filter in your life instead of pop culture it will keep you thriving and safe 
And we could just give a thousand illustrations of how this works. But you have to learn to filter and to say no to some things. All right, the second thing I want to share with you is you've got to filter what you believe about what others say. And the key word here is conformity. Are you going to conform? And so Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Now, I think this is one of the very important issues for us today. Because of social media, conformity is huge because of social media. It's bigger than it's ever been. My heart breaks when I see what social media has done to people, especially to teens and to kids. Are there good things about social media? Of course there are. But there are some really bad things too. And I hope that you'll open your heart to what I'm saying. Too many of us are conformed by social media. We allow what's being stated on there to conform the direction of our life but by, uh, by what others are saying about us. We want to fit in so much. Some youth in our culture, and, and you know this, are committing suicide today simply because of something that was said on social media that, that has put them down to a level where they can't handle life anymore. And, and, and at first, when they talked about being bullied, I'll be honest with you, I thought, come on, we were all bullied as kids. We've all been through that. But this is, I've learned, this is on a different level than what it was when I was a kid. Um, th this, is, this is vile stuff. This is degrading stuff. This is, and it's constant it never gives up. It keeps repeating over and over again, and it's there. And you know what? It has affected some kids to the point they can't take it anymore. What I'm saying is you've got to filter that stuff because you can't stop it. You've got to filter it. There are degrading things on social media, and there are suggestive things on there too. And sometimes I see believers looking to social media to fill a void in their lives of affirmation. They, they're looking for everybody to say how great they are, how beautiful they are, how cool they look, or whatever. They're just constantly looking for affirmation from the world and from, and, and from their acquaintances and so forth. And it's leading some of them into immoral conduct or unwise choices all because of what someone wrote about them or a desire to believe what others appear to be. And this is spiritually destructive. You've got to put filters on your life that keep you conforming to what is holy and what is true not what is popular. And you've got to stay away from the destructive and the perverse. And you've got to literally say, it's what I do, I don't accept that. No. And the Holy Spirit will help you to do that. But to really do it effectively, you, you have to, I think it, it's going to take, require the third thought I'm going to bring to you. You've got to filter everything through the Word of God. 
And the key word here is truth. You've got to know the truth. Hebrews 4.12 says, For whatever God says to us is full of living power. Wow, I just love that. Man, it is powerful. See, some people, they look at the Bible and say, that's just a dead old book. I remember reading some comments from Ted Turner years ago where he made some really disparaging comments about Christianity and the, and the Bible and so forth as being a dead old religion from dead old guys, you know. Word of God says that whatever God says is full of living power. It doesn't say that it was full of power back then. It's full of power right now. So if God's word says it's, it's, it's true and it's as simple as that, and you've got to learn to filter your life by the power, this living power of the word of God. So it's not a matter, again, of what is popular, what is considered normal and acceptable by everybody. What does God's word say? You've got to filter everything in today's world using the Word of God. That's your filter. So this is real simple. You've got, you've got to know the Word of God or you won't be able to use it as a filter. So you read the Word of God. If you need a good resource for that to help you to systematize that, Get the one-year Bible. It'll take you through the Bible every year. I read that every year. I, I've probably read the Bible through 20 times since the one-year Bible came out as a system that can take me through the Bible in a, in a year. And so I've read the Bible through, and I underline passages, and I let the Spirit speak to me. And this is how God keeps me on the up and up when I want to be on the down and down. It's because I know the Word of God. So you've got to read it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to memorize it. And that will build a filter of faith. Think of it that way. A filter of faith that will protect you when the world comes in like a flood. Amen. Now, since today is Mother's Day, I want to end this message because a lot of you mothers are being affected and you've got to start filtering some stuff. And I want to bless you today in the name of Jesus. And, and you say, well, these are just words. I don't believe they're just words. I believe that the Bible teaches that when people in positions of authority speak words of blessing over others, that there is great release of God's power into that. So I believe when parents bless their children from a position of authority to their child, it's not empty words, even if they reject it. That's a whole other sermon, but it's, there's power that's being released in that. I believe when a boss blesses his employees, there is great blessing, even if he's an unbeliever. There's great blessing that comes out of that. There's great benefit that comes out of that. I believe when a pastor blesses the people over which he has been given charge. There is great release of spiritual power and divine dimension that comes into people's lives. And so I'm going to ask you to stand with me and, and really this blessing applies to all you guys too, but we're doing it for moms today. Okay, but if, if you moms want to receive this blessing, I want you to just come and stand in front of me right up here. And, 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 and even if you're not, women, uh, mothers-to-be, 
I, I want to bless you this morning. Now come real tight because there's going to be a lot of women come up here and you're going to have to be really tight with one another. And can you come on up real close over here? Yeah. And if you have to go down the aisle or whatever, that's all right. If you have a physical limitation that keeps you from coming up, that's okay. God understands all of that and he will bless you where you are. Now, the first thing I want to say to you, ladies, is this. You've got to build a filter over your life and over your family. You've got to do that. And God's Spirit will help you to do it as you reach out to Him and as you grow in Christ. It will happen. So with this in mind, this is the blessing that I want to say over you. So would you just bow your heads and listen to every... In fact, don't bow your heads. It's going to be on the screen. Read it behind me. I want you to... I want you to see it. In the name of Jesus, be blessed with supernatural strength. To turn... to turn your eyes from foolish, worthless, and evil things. Instead, may you behold the beauty of things that God has planned for you as you obey his word. I bless your ears to hear the lovely because I know some of you are being verbally abused. I bless you to hear the lovely down in your spirit, the uplifting and the encouraging and to shut out the demeaning and the negative. May your feet walk in holiness and your steps be ordered by the Lord. May your hands be tender, helping hands to those in need, hands that bless. May your heart be humble and receptive to others and to the things of God and not to the world. May your mind be strong, disciplined, balanced, and faith-filled. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. I bless you in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.